This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. How are you guys doing? Did you guys have a fine time finding a seat this morning? No? They weren't one of your pieces of paper. Chris, sorry. How's everyone doing? Good. I know I just asked you that. Figured I'd ask you again. You guys have a hard time getting to church this morning through the ice and snow? Yeah, exactly. It was easy, right? So easy. Uh, my name is Tim Smith. I'm the youth guy here around Schweitzer. Um, we're talking a little bit about joy, a little bit about peace this morning. Uh, I want you guys, I'm going to ask you guys a quote. I want to hear if you guys can finish the quotes. Okay, you ready? Okay, good. Thanks. Okay, this is going to go really well this morning. I can already tell. All right. Here we go. The best way to spread Christmas cheer. Perfect. Some of you guys knew that. Yes. You guys ever seen the movie Elf? Good. Yes. One of the best Christmas movies ever. So um, when I was uh, just out of college, I was like a young adult. If I'm honest, like Christmas when I was younger was super amazing. But uh, Christmas when I was like a young adult wasn't like the most fun. I didn't look forward to December all the time because it was cold and the year was coming to an end and I had to buy all these gifts for people and I wasn't really getting gifts as much anymore, but now I had to get gifts for other people a lot. It's just, I lost a lot of that Christmas cheer for some reason. And then, um, then I ended up having, uh, this, this crazy little girl named Chloe and, and through having a kid, through having a little three, four year old in the house, Christmas cheer came around again. And I'll never forget when I was younger, um, my brother and I have an older brother. Uh, he's four years older than me. And, and on Christmas Eve, we would always sleep in his room. He'd get his bed, of course. I'd sleep on the floor. And then uh, Christmas morning, we would wake up in, insanely early and sneak into the living room and see what Santa had brought under the tree because all of Santa's gifts were never wrapped, all right? So we got to see what was around the Christmas tree from Santa. And a lot of times, I'm not kidding, we would get up about two hours before my parents would even get up and already be playing with toys, and they'd get up and be like, what? what? We didn't even get to see you guys see what Santa brought. So my dad caught on to this, and he would, the night before, set up his video camera, and then he would sleep in the living room. So when he would hear us get up, he'd go in the living room, and he'd, get his, and he'd like hide in a corner and videotape us coming out to videotape our reactions. Now, the problem with this, I was going to show you guys a video of it this morning, but I decided not to because what happened is my brother and I were both in our whitey tidies every single time. We'd sneak out, not having any idea my dad was there, and he didn't show us videos for a long time, so there was like three years in a row he got us. And we'd go in, and we'd just start dancing like crazy in our whitey tidies, freaking out what Santa brought us, but quiet enough, too, to where it wouldn't wake up our parents because we wanted adequate time to play before my parents got up, Right. So at that time, I had so much joy in my life. I loved the Christmas season so much at that time. But um, I'm wondering how many of us still find that joy in Christmas? How many of us still find that, that, that childish ambition, that, that, that time of year where you look for like all year round for December 1st? Because that means Christmas time is here, right? And really now, like with realtors, it's like October 1st. 
But it used to be December 1st is when everything ramped up. Christmas trees came around. Nativities came around. And what's great now is my daughter, she's four years old. Her name is Chloe. And she loves nativities, like obsessed with nativities. And a couple months ago, uh, and it was like a month ago, uh, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, um, Julian Zach Lamper, a lot of you guys know, had their first baby. Um, and he was at Mercy. So we went and we visited the baby and Chloe gave him tons of kisses and stuff. And we're leaving out to our car. And Chloe, there's a huge nativity set outside of Mercy's main entrance uh, at Mercy Hospital. And so anytime, I'm not kidding, anytime we pass a life-size nativity set, whether it's at McDonald's or Mercy, Chloe has to go jump the fence and sit near baby Jesus or around baby Jesus and take a picture with baby Jesus. I don't know why, but she just loves nativity sets, and it's just this joy that, that gets brought to her. Right now, she's sitting on one of the sheep, I'm pretty sure, uh, because she was too scared to get too close to the baby Jesus in this one. But, but for some reason, like, Chloe just loves nativity sets, but the the thing she loves the most about nativity sets is the baby Jesus. I don't know why. She just loves babies. We've got a little eight-month-old little boy at home. She loves him. So there's something about babies, but more particularly, baby Jesus that Chloe loves right now. So much that we've got a, like, a, like one of those little kid plastic nativity sets that like sings and lights up and stuff. And she takes baby Jesus in the car, takes him in the bathtub to play, takes him everywhere with him. He's basically like a figurine for her, baby Jesus. She takes him everywhere. And she's obsessed with him. She's obsessed with the baby Jesus. And in this Christmas season, a lot of us find ourselves that way. We find ourselves obsessed with this image of Jesus as a baby, as a cute little baby, right? So another quote I want to ask you guys to see. This is a little bit harder. But still, same idea as the last one, as in, like, same movie idea. Um, Dear eight-pound, six-ounce, tiny infant baby Jesus. Talladega Nights, yes, you're right. This is another Will Ferrell movie. He goes on to say, you don't even know a word yet. So infant and so cuddly, but but still so omnipotent. All right? Yet another vision, another, another, another imagery of this baby Jesus that people have, right? And a lot of this is, is true. A lot of these images that we find, you know, in the nativity, nativity set and maybe how Ricky Bobby portrayed Jesus in this, they are based in truth, but in limited truth. And a lot of times what our society has gotten wrong is that we see Jesus as this infant baby that's so cuddly, so warm, and he puts warmth in our hearts, and we would just love to hold little baby Jesus and play with his nose and, and do all this fun stuff, right? He's just, he puts us in such a happy mood, right? But guys, that's only half of the truth. And what we're going to realize here in Isaiah in just a little bit, you just heard some of the, you just heard some of it um, read, that the Christmas season is, is more than just baby Jesus, more than just Jesus being born. The Christmas season about a king coming to be born of this earth. The king of the world, the king of our lives is born. Now in Christmas, um, you know, we've created Jesus to be um, warm and cuddly and we've forgotten about this other half. But a lot of times too, we take that imagery of Jesus as as an infant and as this perfect child. And then he morphs into this, this adult and starts doing ministry. And a lot of people think of him as, as, as like a good teacher, and he's hanging out with children. And, and I heard one guy quote once uh, saying, Jesus, a lot of times we made Jesus out to be like a flower child, prancing around the daisies singing Beatles songs, right? Right? And guys, some of that is rooted in truth. I mean, Jesus did preach about love. He did preach about not judging others. But guys, we have to remember 
that Jesus was born a king. And in, 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 this, in this, these verses, verses 6 and 7 that we just heard, and we're going to read them here in a second, again, guys, there are some powerful names given to this baby Jesus. Baby Jesus is more than just an infant. He's more than just a cute, cuddly baby that was given to this earth Lord. Guys, he was the king of kings. He was the Lord of lords. He was the prince of peace. And if we don't remember the second half of, 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 of Jesus' character, not only was he a baby, but guys, he was born a king, then we're missing the real reason that we're celebrating the Christmas season right now. Um, now, uh, we're going to read real quick in Isaiah. Now, Isaiah was, Isaiah was written about 3,000 years ago. Um, you guys heard of Isaiah before? Old Testament, right? He's a prophet. Isaiah um, wrote wrote this um, wrote wrote the book of Isaiah um, around like seven eight hundred or so years before Jesus even was born, right? So he's prophesying about Jesus, um, and and Isaiah was was speaking to a, a a place in the world that was kind of in a downhill spiral in the spiritual sense. They were in a bad spot, and Isaiah was was talking to them, and this is what he had to say to them. We're going to read it one more time. Put Isaiah up there. For a child is born to us, a son given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor of, of the ancestor David for all of eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Guys, that is some powerful words given to a society 3,000 years ago. It was in a bad spot. They had no idea what they were supposed to be doing spiritually. And here comes Isaiah telling them there's this baby going to be born. But not only a baby, the king of kings, wonderful counselor, prince of peace. This baby is going to be born and bring goodness back to the earth. For me... um, this, we're, we're celebrating joy, right? We're celebrating joy today in the Advent season. Uh, we just saw that awesome video from our media team. Um, for me, uh, it's been a hard time recently in the past couple months to find joy in any, like, media outlet, social media outlet, right? It's been really hard to find joy. And in all honesty, sometimes I have to, like, search deep into YouTube to find fun, encouraging, joyful videos even on YouTube. But what are some things for you guys, since there's about 12 of us here this morning, just kidding, there's a lot more than you than 12, but how many of you guys, what are some things that bring you guys joy? Just yell them out. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Cat videos, okay? <laughs> All right. What are some other things? Star Wars, okay? Did you, did, Sam, did you say the Hallmark Channel? Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> what else? Other things that bring you guys joy? Bass Pro? Okay. So for me this morning, uh, it's been kind of a hectic morning uh, for me this morning, just trying to get the kids out of bed and get here on time with the ice and snow and stuff. And I get here, and um, I'm honest with the youth all the time uh, on Wednesday nights. And sometimes on Wednesday nights in our youth ministry, I don't want to be there. I don't want to see them. <laughs> like, like at noon on a Wednesday, I'm, I'm like the last thing I want to do is stick around church on a Wednesday night and talk to students about their faith. For some reason, there's just something about me on some Wednesday nights, not all, that I just don't want to be there. And this morning, you know, it was just kind of one of those mornings I was like, could anything else really go wrong this morning? And then one student came up to me with a, like a Christmas gift of homemade chocolates that she gave to me. I was like, this is it. I knew it. Because every time I tell the youth, 
It's not until like five o'clock when they start showing up on Wednesday nights that I was like, yeah, I do want to be here because these guys rock, right? And so the joy for me this morning was, yes, my kids and yes, my wife. Don't go home and tell them that Tim doesn't find joy in you guys, right? I do. But the joy I found this morning was just this community of believers, this community of people coming and hanging out and worshiping God and laughing and, and, and learning together. This is the joy I found this morning. Now, um, another word that jumps out to me in this scripture and that I think could bring a lot of joy to people this Christmas season is the word peace. Um, in this scripture, uh, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, all right? Now, in... Um, with the word peace, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of different things that come to this word, and, 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 and a lot of us during the Christmas season don't find a lot of peace, maybe. Uh, the Christmas season has a, a sometimes some negative connotations for people, whether it be family members or, or material things. Or, but um, peace has a very deep meaning in Scripture and a very deep meaning and a very everlasting meaning in Scripture. Now, how many of you guys have ever heard of the Christmas Peace Treaty of 1914. Has anyone ever heard of that? Some of you guys have. I had never heard of this before until I was researching and studying the scripture a couple weeks ago. And I came upon this story. And I was like, why have I never heard? This is like such an epic story. And so I'll, I'll lay it out for you real quick. We've got a picture um, of these troops. So, so uh, 1914, the World War I had just started a couple months before. And uh, the Allies and the, and the Germans were fighting, and they were fighting in trench warfare, which means you one side digs a trench over here, the other side digs a trench over here, all the space in the middle is called no man's land, and then you just pop your head up and shoot at each other and pop your head back down, and you hope for the best, right? And so trench warfare is happening, right? And so all of a sudden, the British, and this is a true story, the British start hearing what they think is like singing, right? So the British are over here, and... A couple of them will just like pop their head up and be like, Ugh. and they just they look over there like, what are the Germans? Ugh. What are the Germans doing over there? Right? We, f- I feel like I hear singing, but we're in the middle of war. I have no idea what's going on. So I don't know. Maybe a couple hours later, they start hearing it more, and then all of a sudden, some torches start going up on the German side of the trenches. And so a couple brave British soldiers start getting up, and they they start. They're actually standing on top of the trench, and they're looking around, and and they start seeing the Germans waving their hands at them, and they're like, what is happening? A couple hours ago, we were just shooting at each other, and now they're waving at me? Like, is this a horrible, like, form of war right now? What is happening? And all of a sudden, long story short, the British and the Germans, which seriously just a couple hours before were shooting at each other, trying to kill each other in World War I, came together in no man's land and celebrated Christmas together in 1914 on Christmas Eve. They celebrated Christmas. They were shaking hands with each other. There's a story about a soccer game breaking out between the Brits and the Germans. Hopefully that went well. There was, there was also, guys, because people were, were dying, they were, they were celebrating, and they were, they were in the middle of each other's burial ceremonies. They were shaking hands, eating, drinking together all night long. And if that isn't a, a, a fantastic imagery of peace, I don't know what is. But we know probably how the story ends, right? The next morning, everyone gets up, right? That's right. I'm German again. I'm British again. We start shooting each other again. Guys, this kind of peace is the kind of peace that a lot of times our world sees. It's a lot of times the, the kind of peace that we even see in our own lives. It's, it's, a, it's a kind of peace that doesn't last very long, right? 
It's a kind of peace that, that Jesus is not speaking about. Jesus' peace that he's speaking about of being the Prince of Peace says it, he will, it will last forever, this kind of peace. Whereas the peace that we see in the world is not an everlasting peace. Have you guys ever heard of a, uh, a guy named Ron Artest before? Anyone? He's an NBA player. Played for the L.A. Lakers. Ron Artest at some point had like a, a spiritual awakening of some sort. And if you didn't know, changed his name to Meta World Peace. This is not a joke. There it is right there on his jersey. Meta World Peace was his now real life name, okay? Now, a couple, a couple weeks later, or a couple, a couple, I think it was like the next season, he ended up bringing like a gun to the locker room. He was getting thrown out of games for getting in fights and stuff. Like such a non, like such a, a small vision of what maybe peace might look like. If, if you can even call peace looking like Ron Artest, I have no idea. And just so you guys know, Ron Artest is now in the Chinese Basketball League, and this is not a joke, has now changed his name to The Panda's Friend. I'm not kidding. Look it up on your own. This is the vision of peace. Or this is the, the, the vision of peace that our world sometimes has, this, this super short-lived kind of, kind of peace that people not necessarily are making fun of, but they're not taking seriously in their lives. They're not taking it seriously how Scripture, how scripture takes it. And um, with Ron Artest, like, let's get off the NBA train for a second. Let's get back into Scripture, okay? But um, the word peace in, in, in Scripture is deep, is deep meaning. Did you guys know, uh, you guys know the guy named Paul in the Bible, right? Wrote a lot of New Testament books. Did you guys know at the beginning of every book that Paul wrote, there's a greeting of peace at the beginning of every book he wrote? And I want to I challenge us this morning. I want us to think, where in our lives do we need peace? If, if Jesus was born to us in a week today, a couple thousand years ago, he was born to us, and he was called the Prince of Peace. He was not just a baby. He was not just warm and cuddly, because he was the Prince of Peace. And he's called to bring peace to our entire world, to our entire lives. Where in our lives do we need peace? For me, I just had... Um, I just had my brother and his wife and their two kids in town from Kansas City this whole last weekend. They're, I, think they're, I think they're still back in Ozark right now. But there's something about when family comes into town that a non-stressful event that you add family to becomes a stressful event. And then an already stressful event that you add family to is like a chaotic event, right? It just it gets crazy. And, and last night, you know, my mom got sick. She, this, there's this crazy flu thing or this stomach bug thing going around right now. My mom got it last night. And uh, so that just threw everyone for a loop. And it just got, it just got chaos last night at my parents' house. Four, four kids under four years old running around being crazy. And it just was nuts. And there, there was no peace to the evening. But not even to that evening, you know, a lot of times we find ourselves in family situations, in friend situations. There's drama going along be, be, between friends and family, there's, uh, there might be work situations that we need peace for. We, you know, there's people during the Christmas season probably don't find a lot of peace because the Christmas season either brings up emotional or material, like, baggage. We don't have enough material things. The, the world and, and all the realtors are saying we don't have enough material things or during the Christmas season, all my friends are going home to see their family, but I don't really have any family around. So where's the joy? Where's the peace in our lives this Christmas season? And I hope for your sake that 
You guys are finding peace. You guys are finding joy right now in your lives. Because that is why Jesus was born to us. That is why Isaiah prophesied to this, to this group of people 3,000 years ago that he was coming because they were in spiritual darkness. And guys, if Isaiah is, is, if Isaiah is talking to them 3,000 years ago about being in a society that has lost its way, I'm pretty sure this passage in Isaiah can totally speak to our society today. Can it not? Are we not in a society right now that might have lost its way? It might have lost its way years ago. I have no idea, but guys, this is speaking to us right now, not just 3,000 years ago. It's speaking to us right now. Now, a lot of us are thinking, like, how do you find peace? You know, like, I do, you're right, I do have these things in my life that I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with and, and I need help with or I need peace with because I'm, I'm holding grudges or I'm, I'm, I'm not living the life God has called me to because I can't find this peace in my life. But guys, this guy we, we were just talking about, Paul, wrote in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. We're going to read this real quick. This is how we find peace. It's super simple. Don't worry about anything. Simple enough, right? You're like, dude, I can't just worry about anything, Paul, okay? There's things I got to worry about. Instead, pray about everything. I want us to think, how many of us, when we're, we're having a hard time, we're stressed, we're filled with anxiety, how many of us is prayer our first turn? I know it's not mine normally. There's other things that I turn to first before prayer, but Paul is telling us right here, instead of worrying about anything, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Guys, in our lives... There's a lot of things that we can be thankful for that a lot of times we forget to thank God for. So while we're praying for him, remember to tell him what we need, but remember to thank him, guys, for all he's done for us, for all he's given us. Then you will experience God's peace, which which exceeds everything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Guys, this is self-explanatory enough. If we're going to God, if we're going to God with our, with, our, with our heartfelt emotions, we're thanking him for everything he's done with our life, and we're living our life for him like he's called us to do, he's got our backs. He'll give us the peace that we need. But in my life, what I end up realizing is when I don't have peace in my life or when I can't find joy in my life, it's normally because I put, put God in the, in the trunk, right? And they say, like, Jesus, take the wheel, right? That's right, but a lot of times I'm not letting Jesus take the wheel. I'm putting him in my trunk or maybe in my back seat so I can turn around to him whenever I need him, right? But guys, when I, when I tend to find joy the most, it's, it's, it's so evident that when I'm, when I'm not finding joy on Wednesday nights before youth, like at noon, and I was like, I do not want to see these students right now, right? It's not until these students that are filled with Christ, that are filled with joy, come into my life and say hi to me that my joy is filled, it's because I'm choosing to run after God. I'm choosing to run after what God has done for my life and the calling that he has placed on my life. And that's when I find the joy. That's when I find peace in my life. When I choose to walk the path that God has so narrowly set out for me. And yes, it is hard to waver on either side. But when we choose to walk that path, we will find joy. We will find peace. In the Christmas season, you know, these realtors know how to push our buttons. They tell us that, you know, you only need this gadget or you only need this car or anything else to be completely satisfied. But that's not the case, guys. The realtors have it all wrong. Not the, re- the retailers, not the realtors. The, <laughs> probably realtors as well, I have no idea. But the retailers have it all, all wrong. 
Guys, the only thing that we need in our life to find joy and peace is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God that was born to us thousands of years ago. The only thing we need to keep our eyes on this Christmas season is the infant baby Jesus who was born as a king. He was born as a king. As we continue worship here in just a little bit, there's things on our hearts. There's things that we might be dealing with right now that we might need to bring to Christ, whether it be on the prayer wall, whether it be taking communion, whether it be going in the, in the prayer room. Wherever you find yourself this morning, you can go stand in the back. I don't care. You can go in the bathroom. I don't care what you do. But I'm going to ask you guys this morning, what is it that you need to lay before Jesus this morning in order to find true joy and true peace in your life before we celebrate his birth in a week? And as we celebrate him now, today, as we worship him, what are some things that we need to be laying down in front of Christ to find our true joy? I'm going to pray for us real quick as the band uh, comes up and leads us in some more worship. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for giving us just safe places. With the world how it is today, there are so many people do not, that don't have a safe place to worship you, to even live a life. And Lord, you've given us this amazing place that's warm, that's inviting, it has cookies, it has all we need. Lord, a lot of times these things get in our way of truly worshiping you and truly loving you. So Lord, put in our hearts right now as we're praying, as as we start to sing, as we start to worship, what are some things that we need to give to you in order to find true joy and true peace this morning? Maybe it's that we have forgotten that you are a king. Maybe, maybe we have this vision of you as just like a little baby and a good teacher and, and all this, which is so true, Lord. But, Lord, you were a king, and you are a king. You were born to give us peace. You were born to give us counsel. And Lord, a lot of times we forget that this Christmas season, whether it be through material things or whether, whatever it might be. So, Lord, as we continue worship, uh, put in front of us what we need to lay down so that When we leave here today and we go about our week this week, we are able to find true peace in you. In your name we pray, amen.